whether you are a leader, whether you are that individual on the path of discovery and finding out purpose and passion, make sure that you do the intrinsic work first and you invite the divine, the supernatural to give you what you cannot get in your physical faculties. philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do It With Dan. I'm your host. I'm here joined by Sean Allen. He's bringing a touch of Southern hospitality and an inspiring story to lift you up and to show you just what's possible. Sean, why don't you introduce yourself, let the people know who you are and what it is you do. Well, first, Dan, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. I know that you have a rigorous, busy schedule. So thank you so much for having me on. Um, First, I would like the audience to know that I am Sean Allen, a transformation life coach, podcast host, and inspirational speaker. I am currently uh, in my home state of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, just as Dan mentioned in the uh, interview early on, uh, I am a home, home-based guy, born and raised New Orleans, Louisiana, Southern Creole. Everyone knows New Orleans is known for uh, the Mardi Gras Jazz Festival, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's the international place of hospitality. So that's my birthplace. But I now call Atlanta my home, which I love, the Peach State. Nice, nice, nice. So um, you've got quite quite a tale, and I'm not really sure where where we are to to start this off. Uh, Do you have a a regular place that you like to get us started off and like, what's the journey to it, the inspiration that you're serving up and sharing with the world today? Well, I would, I would say, as we talked about uh, before we came from the um, audio green room, we talked about getting the listening audience on fire and fired up and inspired, uh, you know, in regards to passion and purpose. Mm-hmm. And so we can, we can start there because mm-hmm. I firmly believe that living your life passionately, I should say, but ultimately knowing your purpose and what it is that you have been placed in the earth by your creator, God, or whatever, we have a diverse audience listening today, whatever you ascribe your creator to be, all of us, I believe, Dan, have been created with a purpose. The B part of that is how do we go about on that journey of discovery, of finding out what that purpose is, and then being able to connect that with passion, right? To me, that is defined as nirvana. When you have found your purpose and your life is filled with passion, apart from anything material in my world, you've reached nirvana. And that everything else, um, for those that are are, are spiritual and Bible-based uh, believers, um, there is a scripture that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these other things shall be added to you. So I believe firmly as we journey through this uh, interview, as we journey through this time of uh, co-creating, that there will be so much shared and so much downloaded for people to get on that journey of self-discovery and finding their purpose and moving in it with passion. Mm. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. The, the, 
the passion with which you spoke about that really, really moved me. Um, it's not often that you have someone that's so deep, not often, every now and then I'm going to say you, 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 you get to feel the true energy that someone puts behind what they say. And I felt it then I'm sure the audience felt it too. I just want to dive a bit deeper though and peel the, 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 the onion layers back. At what was there a particular point in time where you felt that energy start to move through you for you to be able to communicate it to others? Um, or was it just something that evolved and emerged over time? I, I would say it emerged over time. I, mm-hmm. um, as a kid growing up, I always knew that I was different. I always knew from my other siblings, I'm, uh, I have a blended family, but I am the mm-hmm. oldest male son on both sides of that blended family. Mm-hmm. I've always known out of all of my siblings, great siblings, all of them are amazing, but I always knew that there was something different about me and my makeup, my DNA. And one of those um, different qualities, I would say, is um, the intuitive ability. Um, in Christendom, we call it the prophetic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, to me, was always in me. But walking that journey out and coming into that place of knowing, coming into that place of consciousness, it took time because I went to school, went to college, you know, got, became ordained in, in, in Christian education, did all of those things. But mm-hmm. at the higher purpose, I still had to go through the path and walk it out. So mm-hmm. we can talk about that a bit. I had an amazing career um, at Neiman Marcus, which everyone knows in our country. It is one of the top luxury uh, retailers in the U.S. And I had an amazing run with them. I launched the brand for them, starting out as a product specialist and later moved on from one brand into another brand, stayed there five years. And um, I was doing so much and everybody was asking, do you want to become a general manager? Do you want to be a buyer? None of those things were on my path that I knew intuitively. Mm. The greater insight of it was me knowing what direction I was going to get to next. Mm. I'll unpack the story. So in 2017, I I just it was like I was in the middle of a a directional war of purpose and path. Mm. Right. And so my mentor, I'm a big fan of 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 those that are listening. Find you a mentor, find someone that is going to sharpen you, that's going to rebuke you, that's going to refine you and love you all at the same time. It's essential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a mentor and she's an amazing woman of God, a great speaker and coach herself. Right before I took a leap of faith and resigned from Neiman Marcus in April of 2017, she came to the store. She was in town at the time and she said, you know, you've come to your pinnacle. I don't have all the details of what you're going to do next, but this chapter is getting ready to close. Hmm. That was two months before I took the leap of faith and resigned. Now, everyone doesn't have that level of faith, but this was my turn for my tests to Mm -hmm. walk through that experience. I had heard others say, oh, they put in their resignation with no plan, you know, but it was not my experience. That's not for everybody, though, right? (laughs) Exactly. It's not for everybody to to, to make that wild. Exactly. I've always been the A-type, everything planned, everything organized, but this was the dynamic shift for me now and also coupled with transformation. In 2017, I resigned. I turned Mm -hmm. 40. 
And immediately, this is where tragedy turned into triumph, which birthed me into purpose. Mm -hmm. Two weeks after I resigned, and I, I want the audience to hear this because fear set in two weeks after I put in the resignation. I got a call from a contact on the West Coast saying, oh, there's a new job opening with a major healthcare firm. I can get you in and you will be perfect. Got on the airplane, flew to L.A. Now, mind you, I just resigned from a job, right? Why am I taking an interview for another position when I know I should be moving in another direction? Fear. Go to L.A., sit in the interview, second interview. I leave the interview. And I walk across the street and sit in the park at FITM, the Fashion Institute in Los Angeles. And I heard the voice speak to me and say, this is not your job. Hmm. I broke down in tears. Literally broke down. Literally audibly heard the voice. This is not your job. And I broke sitting in the park. Long story short in that segment, The person who referred me, she said, one thing I know about you, you are a spiritual man and you are in tune. If you heard the voice tell you that this is not your job, then this isn't your job. Mm. I moved back. I come back to Atlanta, pack up, move back to Dallas. I start writing a devotional book. 26 days into me writing it, I immediately started to feel ill. I've always been very healthy, always worked out martial arts um, experts, studied it for many years. I started to experience breathing issues, not realizing that early symptoms started to set in of pneumonia, not in one lung, but in two lungs, right? Immediately rushed to the hospital, 26 days into writing my first book, Hmm. tragedy hit. So I'm in the hospital, rushed and had never been in a hospital ever. And the first journey of that tragedy was in the hospital nine days, seven doctors on a team trying to figure out where all of this came from. How did it get started? In the midst of that, I had my notepad in the bed with me, my laptop, my iPad, and the doctors was like, what are you doing? Why do you have all of this stuff? And I'm like, well, I'm working on a devotion. They're like, you're fighting for your life and you're laying in bed with all the energy you have left trying to finish a book that you started. And that for me was the start of the turn into purpose. I had seven doctors, which is a profound number. Seven is the number of perfection, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the doctors in that seven group, Dan, catch this. One of the doctors said, we know you told us that your previous career was um, product specialist in the high-end environment. But we've been talking among our team and we believe that you should be moving into the area of motivational speaking and empowerment (laughs) in the hospital. So God takes you to the hospital so you can hear from a doctor what your calling is. Exactly. Right. From the expert, (laughs) a a team of experts. And I'm laying in the bed like, okay, really? Doctors telling me that? was to me a signal of authority, approval for me. It's like a lawyer, you know, that wins a case. Everybody Mm -hmm. want to go to that lawyer after because they trust in their Mm -hmm. authority and their ability. And so after that, it shifted me. Came out of the hospital, rushed back in two, two weeks later. 
as I'm in that hospital, went from Parkland to Baylor in Texas. Second doctor says the same thing. Two voices in two separate locations. So then I knew when I came out of the hospital, I really needed to hone in and get serious and find out. I know I'm writing this book. Finish the book one, but do you answer the call to being that voice of inspiration to the masses? And are you ready to walk the journey? Because not only will you be a voice of inspiration, but there's a, a, a packaging with it. You are also going to move in the area of transformation coaching. Hmm. When I begin to sit with that and open my heart and my mind, while going through a near-death experience, I had gotten down to maybe 95 pounds. I'm 160 now. My hmm. average weight was about 150, 160. But at that time, I was in recovery, fighting for my life, but yet birthing into a new path, right? When I answered the call, I realized that there was no turning back. Mm. That this was it, that I had been given a second chance at life so that I could be the vessel to inspire and impart life. And that's what I came through that tragedy with into triumph and birth into the path of purpose and living passionately. And it may not be, Dan, if I could plug this in, if a tragedy doesn't always have to birth you into purpose. However, yeah. I do believe that it is an avenue often used. So this is one of the things that um, people say, pain doesn't always have a purpose <laughs> but a purpose often comes through pain <laughs> right and it's indeed a tragedy we could sort of tragedy into that into that sentence it doesn't always have to do that but often that's the path that I, for me i actually was interviewed by someone a little while ago a little while ago god just a couple of years ago and we're talking about pain the truth about pain pain is just a signal the tragedy mm -hmm. is just an event but what message what truth do we pull from it that's the magic. And in this instance, you were able to take a life-threatening situation and for it to be the, the birthing ground for your purpose is just absolutely awesome. Indeed. And from that, it was my work um, to, one, get in, a, get in a, a space that takes me back to Oftentimes when I was on this journey, it always took me back to having this vision of a baby being born mm -hmm. and the baby being put in an incubator. Mm. And when that baby is in the incubator, the baby is being infused with so many different things so that when it comes out and it's ready to be fully embraced in its mother's arms, it is already fortified well, what it needs to defeat anything in the atmosphere that may try to destroy it. Mm. So I believe of early phases of my journey into purpose was me being put back into an incubator and downloading, we use the word today, download, and what was being downloaded into me going through that experience on so many levels, there were so many spiritual revelations, energetic revelations, and insights that was downloaded into me that 
once I fully started to walk into purpose with passion, I would walk in with confidence, courage, mm. brave, mm. and not fearful. Mm. Because in the previous part of that journey, Fear attacked me early on to make me want to go back. So in that incubator, divine intervention saw that I needed a special dose of bravery, right? So that the trajectory that was before me for purpose, I would not run at the first onset of challenge, disappointment, tragedy again, possibly, um, emotional, mental, possible breakdown, that within my inner being, in my spirit, in my soul, I would be built in such a way that nothing would be able to shake me from this path of purpose. And ultimately, as we're on the show and we're we're working through the airwaves now, that is what I really want to impart to the listening audience. Whether you are a leader, whether you are that individual on the path of discovery and finding out purpose and passion, make sure that you do the intrinsic work first and you invite the divine, the supernatural to give you what you cannot get in your physical faculties. Mm. One thing I want the listeners to really pay attention to here is your capacity to receive the pain of your experience and for that pain to be received in the light of this was for my highest and greatest good. Because so often we have these experiences in life, these experiences in life, but we don't have the capacity to receive it through the lens of this was for my good. We may say it, but to viscerally be able to refer back to this as, no, this was for my highest and greatest good. I'm here to receive this. That's, uh, that's not something that we can all do. And that's a, that feels like something that's come from preparation even before this experience to be able to see this experience through that lens, if that makes sense. It does. Absolutely. And you, you, you hit a word that is so true when it comes to perspective and understanding that certain things that we experience in life at the height of it all, at the higher consciousness of it all is understanding, but you must have the right perspective. If the perspective is not in alignment with understanding why I'm going through this, why I didn't get that opportunity, why did this person leave me? Why did this person, whatever all of those whys are, but if you're in the midst of that and you do not have the right perception of what that experience is, oftentimes we can delay the process. Mm. So making sure that resistance, yes, resistance, complete, complete resistance. So having the right perspective as we go through the vicissitudes of life, it is key in being able to understand that the pain that they hit, that the blow, it may not feel good while we're in it. When I was in the hospital nine days the first time, then seven days the second time, I was going through a lot of rigorous, painful activity. I could not even walk. I had to be retrained in my physical faculty on how to walk. Hmm. But again, that gets back to that inner place 
that being in tune and later sitting with it and understanding that this is for my highest good. But the pinnacle of it all and having the right perspective was I'm not only going through this for Sean, but I'm going through this even for today, for everybody that's listening. Mm -hmm. And for those that will continue to be touched and transformed by your story, by my story, as we have earthen experiences. This is actually one of the, when I had my own big calling, because I'd had micro callings and I had very much a Jonah in the whale set up. <laughs> I kept running away and saying, I'll do it later until, until uh, yeah, the, the divine intelligence has gobbled me up and said, hey, we're going to sit in this stinky belly for a couple of days. <laughs> um, but even then, you know, I, I said, okay, yeah, okay, I'll do it. But when I had my, my experience, it was again seeing that all of the shadow times, all of the darkness had been not necessarily a, a necessary step, but a step that I could be grateful for that brought me to this point where oh, everything just clicked into place. Without them, it might not have happened that way, but I wouldn't have had it any other way being able. And I, I was blessed to be able to, to get a vision of it, seeing, uh, looking forward. You know, many people have to look backwards and see, oh, that's what it was for. I was able to look forward. But um, it truly is a gift to be able to have that perspective of, oh, all of this is just stuff. They're just events. And when I look at it through my limited human mind and eyes and consciousness, then maybe I will judge it to be this or judge it to be that. But when I step back and allow the divine goggles to, to go on, to allow the, the elevated view to come into it, then you'll see that all these little ephemeral, short-term, part-time, temporary human snapshots are nothing compared to the full plan that we're being invited to take part in. Absolutely. And I love that you use um, your the divine goggles and being able. <laughs> I, I love that. I got to borrow that. I got to borrow it's that okay. for a second. Right. We, I got to borrow share that. It. We can share it. <laughs> We're going to share the divine goggles because yeah. oftentimes, you know, and, and, and I'll use the goggles, but I want to use the goggles in a different and in, in elemental space. I want to use the goggles on the mountaintop because oftentimes okay. we put on goggles when we're in the water. Mm -hmm. But most times when you're called and chosen with a purpose that's connected to leadership, when you look at the life of Moses, for those that are, are knowledgeable about scripture, he met with God on the mountain. That was his sacred space, right? And so mm -hmm. taking those goggles, as I said, on the mountain and being able to peer over and into over and into and being given snapshots and foresight on what's to come. I believe strongly all of us, all of us, every human being have the ability to tap into the activity of foresight. Hmm. The question is this, how many of us are willing to avail ourselves one to spirit mm -hmm. so that we can be aware consciously in the realm of vision and foresight and being able to see and get the blessing like you got. 
you received a major blessing because you had those goggles and you were catapulted to a place so that you could see and pull it into the earth realm. And that's what we're doing tonight. Take the goggles, whether you go into the ocean, whether you go into the sea, whether you choose the mountain like Joshua, put on your goggles. The excess that you have when you put on the goggles, just like they say, faith the size of a mustard seed, just a little Mm -hmm. bit. Open Mm -hmm. up yourself just a little bit so that you can get a glimpse of what's ahead as you're moving on your discovery path into purpose and living passionately. Hmm. Mic drop, crystal drop, sage drop. (laughs) (laughs) all the jobs all the jobs so where where are we today right we we, we've we've built up to the the present day now you 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 answered the call that came so fascinatingly right uh you have your your divine goggles at the ready what's what's next what's going on now what's next what's happening now for sean inspires there's so much happening all at the same time. My partner, we we do check-ins with each other. He's also a leader. And, and we were doing a check-in and he was like, so you, you have so much you're moving and doing. And, and, and I don't know how you do it all with focus. I said, listen, I have, you mentioned the word capacity. I said, listen, I have been built with the capacity to handle many things all at the same time. Not everyone has the capacity to do that and still function and do them well. So right now, Sean Inspires is continuing to build its life coaching division um, that I've been coaching now for the past two and a half, almost this, this August would be three years that I've been coaching and I love it. When mm-hmm. I tell you I love it, if someone would have told me those five years ago when I worked at Nima Marcus that I would be a transformation life coach, I would have laughed. <laughs> However, in that experience as a product specialist, I often found myself coaching clients. So mm-hmm. that that was interwoven, actually. So who knew that I would be into this fully vested, the founder, CEO of Sean Inspires. And and coupled Mm -hmm. with that is the uh, inspirational speaking division. I Mm -hmm. am an empowerment inspirational speaker. And then I am also, as you are, um, a fellow podcast host of Sean Inspires, which started out in my early phases of walking into that entrepreneurship purpose path. Um, Sean Inspires podcast was birthed raw from nothing. I I was not taught on how to build it. And so I was the man pulling the content, creating the content, doing the audio, doing the edits. And so now to see where we are now and continuing to grow and advance with bringing talent on and interviewing talent in many different sectors, healthcare, beauty, fashion, entertainment. I mean, it's just an amazing uh, group of talent that I've had on and experts from many different industries. So that's where we are now and still building and growing and, and excited. This is an exciting mm-hmm. time. You know, I mentioned the book that was in 2017. I finished the manuscript for that. So that is the next that's the next thing tangible in product form to reach the masses apart from um, the podcast show. Awesome. 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 Um, And of these, do you have a favorite? It's only me and you and everybody else listening. Do you have a favorite? (laughs) Do you have a, a favorite child out of these adventures that you go on? A favorite. Say that again. A favorite child. 
from the I, books, the I, podcast I, being the speaking. You, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, you put me on a tough spot right here. <laughs> but I have to answer the question. I do have a favorite child. And, and I'm going to say this because I believe every parent has a favorite child. Now, do they tell the children of the child? I don't think so. But um, my favorite of all of them, because it came from such a deep place, it came from such a vulnerable, transparent space in my life, I would mm-hmm. say would be the book that's getting ready to come out. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's that's the unveiling of, of the inner workings for everyone out there listening when it is released. That is the intimate journey that I, I pinned this in a way that I wanted um, the readers, whether they're reading it or listening to it audibly, to be able to connect with the content. And, and I could not finish it then because I had not experienced the second seven days of me returning to the hospital. So that's my favorite child. <laughs> you, um, when do we have a release date on the cards for that? Well, I'm targeting um, late summer before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. we, we've reached the editing phase now. And so mm-hmm. we'll be moving into the production phase. It'll be a self-published project. Again, mm-hmm. I'm doing it all on my own, uh, hands mm-hmm. on deck. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that, being able to see it from beginning in the middle and then to the end. So it's well, exciting. Keep us posted with that so we can, uh, we can definitely support and get a blast out so that people can, uh, can learn about the book when it's ready to come out. Absolutely, I will. Definitely. Awesome. awesome. Uh, Sean, you've really poured into us today. It's been an absolute honor to spend this time with you. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts or ideas that you'd love to share with the listeners today? I'm glad that you asked. And I'm also further glad that I paused. We have gone through so much across the globe when we think about the pandemic and now we are seeing with our goggles uh, a potential because words have power and I'm a word man, I'm careful to put certain words in certain places. So we see a little bit of turmoil happening over with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But for those that are listening, I'll share with you guys what I heard when I went to Greece And we were staying in a very beautiful place, but a wave took over me when we walked in this certain area. When I walked up, looking out into the Mediterranean, this is what I heard, just like I heard, this is not your job. This is what I heard. And so what I heard, I want to share with you. In life, there will always be something going on. However, you are to always remain anchored in a place of peace. And that peace is from within. There will always be something in life, always. Jesus even mm-hmm. said it. You, in, li- in life, there will be trouble. There will be wars and rumors of wars. But in mm-hmm. me, he, he didn't say on him. He said in me, in me. Peace, I leave with you. Peace, I give you. So if there's anything that I can share and further impart, it would be that. There will always be something in life happening. But remember, always you have peace. Thank you. 
what a way to round this off guys i hope you've taken note of this so we're going to pop some links for you to connect with uh, with sean on social media and be ready to receive his book which i'm sure is going to even more greatly pour into us as we as we take it on um so thank you again god's richest blessings on you as you go out there doing the thing uh, thank you for going through what you've been through and seeing it through those divine goggles so that you can carry this pouring into us today. You're an absolute blessing and a rock star. Guys, you know how we round these episodes off. Keep dreaming with your eyes open. Remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Share this episode with someone who could be touched and felt by this. Be sure to go and check out Sean's podcast too. Tune in, subscribe. If you're not subscribing to this podcast, now's the time to do it. It's an absolute joy to get to serve you guys with these episodes, serve you with this work. And I'm, uh, I'm feeling even more fired up and motivated for the work I get blessed to do following this conversation today. So carry that blessing into somebody's life and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Do It With Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.